Well, say good morning to each one of you and happy Father's Day. It's a beautiful day that the Lord has blessed us with and this is the day which the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in this day that God has given us. And today is a day where we honor our earthly fathers and we should and give honor for them to them. But we also can think about Father's Day in a day to honor our heavenly Father. And our life should honor him and the Bible says that if we love God, if we love Him, we'll keep His commandments. And so we are a church that believes in keeping the commandments of God, and we preach the everlasting gospel, which is the gospel of holiness. Glad to say I'm converted and sanctified and have the Spirit of God in my heart this morning. It's the most blessed thing that you can experience, this work we call entire sanctification. That I remember uh, Brother Leon saying at one time, it removes all propensity for sin. The very desire for sin, I, I kind of like that word, propensity, or the, which simply means that your inclination towards going towards a sinful path is gone when the carnal nature is eradicated and destroyed by the burning fire of the Holy Spirit and replaced with God's love, as it says in the book of Romans, that the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, which is given to you. And so that's why we need that second work of grace, as the song says, for inbred sin. And so we preach, uh, without being ashamed at all, we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the gospel of holiness. It's the Holy Scriptures. We are reading from the Holy Bible. And uh, we believe that we must live soberly, righteously, and godly right here in this present world if we're going to make it to a home in heaven. So this is the truth. Uh, there's many different gospels out there, many different winds of doctrine, but uh, we are sticking to, uh, sticking to the Word of God and to, as it is revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. I really enjoyed this um, sermon last night. I appreciate Brother Ty and everything that was said last night. It was beautiful. I, Learned so much from that message and uh, I was thinking about how God, through his Holy Spirit, can take different aspects of a message or a testimony and different parts of that can feed different people in different ways. For example, I was thinking about how he said about binding and loosing. I just... That wasn't the main theme of this whole sermon, but the Lord just started speaking to me about that, how if my faith is limited, I'm really binding what God can do in heaven. But if I really have opened the door for God to move in faith, it's, that's been a difficult scripture for me to understand. But as Brother Ty was preaching and the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, that scripture started to be revealed to me. And, you know, you can study things for years and years, and then all of a sudden during a sermon or just a moment of time, God opens your understanding just a little bit more. And it's exciting that... Because that song says, I want to know more about my Jesus. I want to know more about my Lord. None of us have uh, figured it all out. We keep reading, studying, learning, growing. And the path, you know, our path grows brighter and brighter to the perfect day.
people that want to know more about the Lord. Hunger and thirst after righteousness and the breaking of the, the bread of life, the Word of God. I'm so glad that we have a church that also moves by the Holy Spirit. So it's appropriate to start a song when it's in the Spirit or testify or someone wants to come to the altar right now and pray. We can change the order of our service. We don't have a bulletin that you receive when you come in and say, this is the person who's going to pray. This is this person's going to speak about the Lord. And, and, and here's the topic of the sermon. And here's your bulletin. And, uh, you know, we don't have any room for the moving of the Spirit. But our, our services could take lots of different paths and, and move in different ways. Yeah. And people, people may say, well, that's just, that, that's just emotions. But I think about times, you know, in camp meeting. When, when you've got so many people on the stand and you see like, the Holy Spirit start moving on one yes. side yeah. and the people start shouting and all of a sudden a wave That's will right. come across the, the campground and then everyone's shouting. And, and you think about if you tried to uh, just rehearse that, if it was not right, say, okay, you start shouting here and because yeah. we're going to have some visitors, it would never work. That would never work. It'd be to- it would it'd be total chaos. But that's the way you know the Holy Spirit. Someone's in the back starts shouting. Someone will go back down and reach out a hand for them. And someone up here or there. And you can just feel like almost sometimes you, you feel that wave of the Holy Spirit move from one side of the stand to another. And people start moving as the Spirit uh, gives them utterance like it happened in the... We've been reading in our Sunday school class about the day of Pentecost. They were all in one accord. One place they were ready to receive something from the Lord and said, and suddenly there came the sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And just I'm, I'm sure there was a wave of shouting that came in that upper room, just like when we're shouting on the stand or praising God in our homes. And so you can't fake that. That can't be something that's uh, you know, we're just pretending. But it's our connection with God, our Father. On this Father's Day, we have a connection with our Father. And that's what he wanted from the very beginning to have that connection. When he walked with man, he walked with Adam, and he walked with him in the cool of the day, and he created him to have dominion over all the things that God had created. And I believe today in this New Testament dispensation or time, God wants to restore the dominion and authority that he had originally given man in the garden so that you can reign not over other people, but over sin, the flesh, and the devil, and over the situations in your life that you wouldn't have to come in to church and say, oh, I'm so uh, distressed, the devil's been beating me up all week, I'm barely making it, but that you could say today is another day, this week is another week, where I took authority over the devil in my life, where I had power each day, that I rose up in victory in the Word, and I resisted the devil, and because I did, the devil was fleeing from the presence of God in me. And so he wants us to have greater victory. And as uh, Brother Bernard, I believe, mentioned that we're birthed into the kingdom and we're perfect, right, at sanctification. But after that, we're called to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He wants us to know more about him and to take authority. And sometimes we don't have as much victory in our lives in certain areas because we just simply don't know what the word of God has to say about these things. And that, that we are kings and priests unto, unto God our Father. I've been thinking about that song, um, I Am Reigning, Sweetly Reigning. Uh, we, we just uh, we don't sing it that much. But the thing about the power of these words, this writer had an experience. I know, uh, I've read things from this writer. He, he believed in entire sanctification. And he listened to the words of this. Do you triumph, O oh my brother, over all this world of sin? In each storm of tribulation, does our Savior, or I remember originally singing, does your Jesus reign within? And he wrote the chorus, I am reigning, sweetly reigning, far above this world of strife. 
in my blessed loving Savior, I'm reigning in this life. And we hail as King Immortal, heated earth and hell subdue. And bequeathing us, the saints of God, His glory, we are kings anointed too. Shall we then by sin be humbled? Must we yield to any foe? No, by heaven's gift, we are reigning over all this world below. And everybody's talking about, oh, I'd love to get a promotion at work. And there's promotion and increase coming your way if you just serve God. Well, think about this promotion. Oh, what grace and high promotion that in Christ we now can be raised from sin to royal honor. Even reigning, Lord, with thee. Then we'll sing and shout the story, hallelujah to our God. We're reigning over the wicked. We're with Jehovah's rod of love. And so we can reign. These authors of many of these songs that are not sung very much in the world because they can't sing them because they don't have this individual experience. Um, it's easy to, um, to put, a, you know, to put a words above and, and have, uh, sing, uh, for example, just put hallelujah up there. And this, let's just sing hallelujah over and over again for 10 minutes. Or God is great. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we have songs with, that have individual experience about how the Lord has delivered us from the dark works of Satan and sin and set us on that uh, plane of holiness. And uh, I appreciate all the songs that we have in our books that talk about the individual experience that we can bless God for what He's done. Anybody, uh, saint or sinner, could sing, God is great, and we know that He is. But when we talk about, you know, my sins are covered by the blood. I'm redeemed by the blood. Uh, My name is in the book of life. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. I rise above all doubt and strive and read my title clear. An individual experience is what we're offering people that if you're bound by the darkness and chains of sins, you can come down to an altar of prayer and the blood of Jesus that flows, still flows for over 2,000 years can completely cleanse you, can sanctify you, can deliver you and cause you to live soberly, righteously and godly in this present world. It isn't, isn't just for people here on the stand or just for a select few, but the scriptures clearly teach that whosoever will may come and drink of the river of life freely. But as Brother Bernard just mentioned, are you willing to make the sacrifice to give your life over to him and realize that you can have a much better life serving God than you could serving yourself or the devil? We have a wonderful Heavenly Father above who cares about us, who loves us, who guides us. And even if we go astray or he chastises or we stumble, he's there to bring us back to the center and cause us to walk the way he'd cause us to walk. He doesn't easily cast aside anyone. It's only when we turn away by our own sin that uh, we lose the glory of God in our lives. And so he wants to help us, to guide us. He cares about each one here this morning. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. I probably have more uh, material that I've been thinking on than I have time this morning. And uh, we were just talking about um, some of us yesterday and Brother Jeff and others that it seems like after uh, about 20 or 30 minutes, a lot of, it's hard for people to pay attention. So um, if, I, if I go past 20 or 30 minutes, I realize that most of the content that I have is, is being ignored after the 30-minute time. So uh, I want to keep it in a, time, a re- reasonable time frame. Uh, where you can uh, comprehend and understand the Word of God. But I also want to follow the leadings of the Holy Spirit this morning. So hopefully I can get out everything the Lord has uh, put on my heart uh, in a way that uh, would bring uh, some joy to your life and some understanding. And hopefully we can have, continue to have altar service this morning. 
So God created man. He created man in his image. He created him because he wanted to have a relationship. And as we think about this with Father's Day, how your earthly father wants to have a relationship with you. Many people have had earthly fathers that have not been good examples to them. And they have to look to God the Father to help them out in life. But those of us that have had godly examples and those that have had that exa- those examples in the church, there's many fathers in the church. If you didn't have a godly example, others will come and help. And we can thank God for that. But God... As our Heavenly Father wants, or simply, it's simply that He wants a relationship with us. So I'm going to start reading here in the Genesis, the first chapter, and the 27th verse. It says, So God created man in His own image. You think about that. You were created in the image of God. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female created them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and listen to this, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth on the earth. And God said, Behold, I've given you every herb bearing seed that is upon the face of the earth, and every tree in which is the tree, fruit of the tree yielding seed to, to you, it shall be for me. And so God did all these things. And he gave man dominion, it says in verse 31, And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was good. And evening and the morning were the sixth day. So God created him and us in, in his image originally, and it was because of sin. It was because all these things that he had to partake of that were so beautiful and good that he chose to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. When he did that, sin came upon him, and then things did not go well after that. That's an understatement. And you get to the time of the time of Noah... And uh, in the time of the just darkness all over the face of the earth and the sin, and uh, God had said, repented that he had even made man. There was so much. Every man was doing what was right in his own eyes. And don't you see that today? Everybody's got a philosophy. And you tell them about the Lord, well, you know, I'm going to do what's right. What I've learned is right in my own eyes. But unless we line with the scripture, we're not going to make it. We've got to do what's right in God, God's eyes. And so God had sent this flood. And God... Through this whole process, it began to build a remnant. A remnant just simply means a small group of people that are going to stay true to what is right and rebuild from there. And then he gave the law and he gave all these things which were types and shadows in the Old Testament. But ultimately, with all these laws, ordinances, rituals, all these things that seem so complicated, simply what God wanted is to restore fellowship with his people and to walk with you and I during the cool of the day, just like he did when he gave Adam that authority. He was trying to restore all that, but it can only be done by the blood because without shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. But they had to come once again and again and again each year for sometimes the same sins. And even the high priest had to confess for his own sins. But this man, Jesus, he has forever sat at the right hand of God and has brought reconciliation to us who are sanctified by the blood. And But in this situation before Adam fell, fell in the garden, it says that everything was good. It was right. It was the way God had established it. It was the way God wanted it. God didn't want his people floundering, bound by sin and problems and not be able to make it through the day. But he wanted to leave his peace with you. He said his peace, he would leave with us and he gave it to us that we might live an abundant life full of joy. There's a wonderful life to be lived in a sanctified life. It's a life full of strife and sin and it's blessed, a blessed life, both in this life and the life to come. And that's what he wanted to restore. Now, the psalmist David began to get a glimpse of this as we read in the 8th chapter of the book of Psalms. And he says, O Lord, O Lord, how excellent is thy name. Jesus' name is exalted above every name. Now, at the name of Jesus, everything's under his authority. God has placed all things, according to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, under his feet, under the feet of Christ. 
and, uh, and has set the glory above the heavens out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies and thou mightest might still the enemy of the avenger when I consider the heavens the work of thy fingers the moon the stars that thou hast ordained what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou hast visited him for thou hast made him a little lower than the angels not this degradation and sin and all this corruption and murder and hatred and variant all this evil works he made him to be a little lower than even the angels and crowned him with glory and honor and made him to have dominion this is scriptural i'm reading right from the bible here this is not you know just barely get by religion thou made he was made you and i were made in our original state to have dominion over the works of thy hands that and thou hast put all things under his feet and so this is a prophecy of christ but also that as a believer the saints have the authority of christ to be kings and priests unto god the father in the book of ephesians in the first chapter Apostle Paul writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of the children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise and glory of His grace, wherein He has made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood. Understand that the world has many paths that they say will lead you to a right living and a right life in heaven. But according to the Bible, we can only have redemption through His blood. And that's why we preach Christ and Him crucified. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, wherein He has abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure, which He had purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in Him, whom, in whom also we have, we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will, that we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ. Now listen to this in verse 13. Who After you trusted, after you trusted, after you received and believed that forgiveness of sins, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom after that you believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. And that's the earnest, that earnest of our inheritance he talks about. He goes on to say in verse 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And that every name that is named, not only in the world, but in the world to come, he hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of all things in the church, which is the body and the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Last place I want to read this morning is in the book of Daniel. As Daniel prophesied of a coming kingdom, of a reigning Savior, but also that he also prophesied of authority that he would, God would 
in this New Testament give the saints to also reign with Christ. And you could say, someone could come and say, well, I've heard everything you've read so far, and it sounds like Christ is a reigning king. I can agree with that. But where does it really say that the saints are also going to reign with Christ, that the saints are going to have that dominion? Well, I'm glad you asked that. In the seventh chapter of the book of Daniel, it said, I behold till the thrones were cast down. Seventh chapter of the book of Daniel and verse 9. I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whom garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. And the throne was like the fiery flame, his wheels as a burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousands, thousands ministered unto him, and tens of thousands stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. You ever remember reading anything like that in the book of Revelation? About that great white throne judgment that was to come? And I beheld then, because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even till the beast was slain, and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame, as concerning the rest of the beast. They had their dominion taken away. Yet their lives were prolonged for a season in time. And he wrote this several hundred years before the time of Christ. I saw in the night visions and beheld one like the Son of Man came with clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days. And they brought him near before him. And there was given unto him dominion and glory and a kingdom. And all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and His kingdom that shall not be destroyed. Daniel was grieved in my, in my spirit, in the midst of my body, and the visions of the head troubled me. And I came near one of them and asked them the truth of all this. So he told me and made known unto me the interpretation of these things. He goes on to say in verse 17 and 18, These great beasts which are four are four kings which shall arise on the earth. And we know that at the time of Daniel was the time of the Babylonian kingdom. And just as the Bible had prophesied, there were actually four kingdoms, according to history, uh, on the earth. The Babylonian kingdom was followed by the Medes and the Persians. And then the Greek empire ruled the earth. And then at the time of Christ, we all know that it was the Romans. So just as the Bible prophesied of four great kings representing four kingdoms, but in the time of that fourth kingdom, God, the God of heaven, would set up a kingdom that would not be destroyed. And Daniel prophesied it would be like a stone that would be cut out of the mountain without hands and roll down and destroy all these other kingdoms. And he would set up the everlasting kingdom of God. And it says here that these are the four kings... It says, but in verse 18, and this is very key to to the message of holiness, but the saints. Now he goes on from the ancient of days to the ruler of the kingdom, which is Christ. But now he's talking about you and I today. But the saints of the most high shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever. And he goes on to talk about more of these prophecies. I'm not going to read them all. It says in verse, verse 22, until the ancient of days and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Then he said, The fourth beast and the four kingdoms upon the earth which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it into pieces. And then in verse 25 he says, And he shall speak great words against the Most High. This is the enemy, that great dragon that prophesied about in Revelation. It said, Michael, God's, God's angel, and, and would fight against the dragon and the dragon would, and would fight against Michael the archangel. And at a time it said he would wear out the saints of the most high and think to change times and laws. Don't you know today that, that if you try to do good, it's called evil? 
and, and people that are doing wicked, wickedness and evil and practicing wrong. It says we should uphold them with laws and statutes to support wickedness. And, and you can see that's the way man thinks. And they shall be given unto his hand until a time and times and the dividing of times. We know that, that the scriptures sometimes have complicated uh, phrases and words, but if you just read, you can find other passages that can make sense of this passage. You go to Hebrews and say, when the fullness of co- time had come, God sent uh, the, the Son of God. And so for the judgment has, shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion and consume it and destroy it unto the end. And it says in verse 27, And the kingdom and dominion and greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and dominion shall serve and obey Him. Let me read one more place. I know I said that was the last. Let me read one more place here. In the book of Revelation, it talks about this authority in this kingdom, these great things that God had planned to do for us. And it says... Blessed is he that readeth and hear the words of the prophesy and keep those prophecy and keeps those things which are written in for the time is at hand. And he speaks about John and the seven thrones and spirits and from the faithful from Jesus Christ in verse five, who's the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. The prince of the kings of the earth. And, you know, it says in that song that I read that He has made, made, made us kings and priests unto God's authority. And bequeathing of His glory, we are kings anointed too. And it says that Prince of the kings on earth, unto Him that loved us and washed us from our own sin, uh, sins in His own blood. And you say, well, where are you getting all this about we being kings and priests? Where are you getting that? Verse 6, and He hath made us kings and priests unto God and His Father. To Him be the glory and dominion forever. Amen. Amen. And so this is the living Word of God. This is the state that God wants to restore man. He does not want us living below our privileges. But He wants us to take authority over every area in our life. And we have that authority, but only through Christ Jesus. It's only Christ in us, the hope of glory, that can do these things. We don't have any strength in ourselves that way. We we tell you to come on and get sanctified. Because it's that power that works within you that causes you to live soberly, righteously in this present world. And I ask when you pray that you remember me in prayer. Amen.